Hi, welcome back to the Vox Voice podcast. I'm your host, Hallie Jackson, and on this edition of the show, we're talking food. Liz Grazenack is a farmer. You might have seen her at local farmers markets. She runs Happy Hollow Farm, a USDA-certified organic farm with a heavy focus on community-supported agriculture. For Liz, farming is life, but it hasn't always been. As a child, she spent a lot of time outdoors with her grandparents and fell in love with the land, but it wasn't until decades later when she decided on a path to grow vegetables. And now she's been providing people with fresh produce for 11 years. Fox producer Maggie Travato talked with Liz about running Happy Hollow Farm, what she's learned about farming, sustainable food, and, and a whole lot else. But I won't ruin the episode. Let's get to it. Here's Maggie and Liz. Tell me your name and what you do. My name is Liz Grazenack. I own and operate Happy Hollow Farm, which is a USDA certified organic vegetable, fruit, and flower farm outside of Columbia. Awesome. So how did you get started with Happy Hollow Farm? When I was in graduate school in 23, 24, 25 years ago, um, just in my life as a student, I joined a CSA And CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And I had never experienced that form of getting food before. I'd never experienced that connection with a farmer before. I'd never thought about, you know, where my food was coming from or, you know, the importance of organic or not organic. I'd never thought about any of that stuff before. And so being being as a member of that CSA, that was my first sort of introduction to the whole thing. And it, it did, it literally did change the way that I think about many, many, many things. Labor, um, food equity, fair labor standards, eating organically, the massive amount of chemicals that are used in food production today. Gotcha. So for our listeners who might not know, can you explain kind of what a CSA is? And is that a popular thing in Missouri? It's very popular and very well known and common on the East and West Coasts. Okay. But in the Midwest, much less well-known. I think, you know, as with many things, sort of things migrate in from the coasts. Um, But CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And what it is, it it works like a co-op. So, you know, a co-op has members that pay uh, to be a member. And then in exchange, they get something. Well, in exchange for membership in my co-op, they get a box of vegetables flowers, eggs, you know, whatever they sign up for in exchange for their membership and support of the farm. So they get in exchange for their membership these, you know, things that feed them and and their families. And do they get to, like, choose what those things are? Does it kind of just depend on the season and what you guys are growing? Yes. Okay. So all of those options. I try to make it as easy and convenient for people as possible. it is difficult to be a member of a CSA uh, for pretty much anyone initially. Really? Okay. Yeah, because eating seasonally is not something that most people are used to. Uh, you know, most people are used to going to the grocery store and buying sweet corn because, well, they want sweet corn today, not because it's in season this month. And no, it doesn't actually grow in Missouri in January. And so we eat other things in January. So it takes getting used to. It takes 
some training, you know, on my part. It takes time. Uh, I give a lot of recipes um, to, to each week that come out with the boxes because it does take getting used to. And it you have to change your eating habits. But the people that that it works really well for, they love it. And they tell me that they couldn't imagine, like, going back. It takes a lot of the thought and preparation out of making food. You know, you're going to get this box of vegetables and you get into a routine of, oh, I know I can do these things with Swiss chard. Oh, I know I can do these things with fennel. And so that's just what you make this week. And you don't have to think about, like, you don't go to the grocery store and have to have a plan. You don't have to do that because I do it for you. So we're in fall right now. What is the produce? What are the vegetables and fruits that you're you're selling right now? And what are people making with them? Yeah. So I just put together uh, the newsletter that's for this week's um, box last night. So members will be getting this week um, head lettuce, fennel, radicchio, bok choy, leeks, uh, sweet potatoes, turnips, garlic. All of the recipes this week have fennel. There are things from like there's a soup. Um, it's going to be really cold this week. <laughs> so soup is always a, a good thing to make. Um, and then there was a risotto recipe, uh, which is super easy. And then, you know, you add the fennel and a few other things. So like that's a really easy, fast to prepare recipe. And uh, the soup. And then, oh, I gave a, a recipe for radicchio, which is also maybe for for most people a slightly unusual vegetable. Yeah. But the fe- uh, recipe for radicchio also uses fennel. Then what does like a typical day for you look like? <laughs> is it crazy? I'm sure. Yeah. And I don't have I really I don't have typical days anymore. Okay. <laughs> when the farm was small. I would have fairly regular, consistent days, um, but the farm has grown. I mean, this is my 12th year okay. um, now, and um, we have many more CSA shares that we pack every week. We're taking much more to the farmer's market every week. The um, wholesale orders that I get in from restaurants and from grocery stores are much more now than they used to be. Um, but, you know... It, Typically, there'll be some harvesting always of something, but we're always harvesting something. We're almost always planting something. We are getting towards the very tail end of this, the time of the year when we can be planting. Okay. Um, so we're pretty much done with that except for a few random things. Um, typically, we're, you know, cleaning up a bed or doing some weeding on something that's currently growing and then... Tuesdays and Fridays are really hardcore focused on washing, packing, prepping for whatever the thing is. It could either be for CSA shares and orders. It could be for going to the farmer's market on Saturday. So there is consistency in a week, Uh but like Monday is very different than Tuesday. But Tuesday week to week is usually pretty similar. Got it. So it's like typical and not typical all at once. It's kind of a Mm -hmm. nice, you get a little, a variety of things, I guess, right? Awesome. Yeah. Which is actually one of the things that I absolutely love about farming. It is not, you're not doing the same thing every day. So then what is the most rewarding thing you would say about your job? The, it's, it's growing the food for the people that I know and them and like me feeding them. Those people eating the healthy food that I'm growing. That, that's the thing that's like the most rewarding. Community kind of seems yeah. to be at the heart of that. 
You talked a little bit about farm kind of growing over the years. Yeah. Do you plan to continue that growth or do you yep. kind of want to cap it? Yeah, actually, I am right now in the middle of um, signing a lease agreement with um, a neighbor for 21 acres that are across the road from me. We will probably start working that ground tomorrow because we um, the very last thing that we plant in the end of the year is always garlic and then the onion crop that's going to be harvested next year. And we have all of those things already, uh, and I've just been waiting on the signing of this contract so that we can get the ground worked and get those um, beds made and get those crops in the ground. That, that'll all happen this week. So do you have a favorite like season or type of produce? I would say my favorite time of the year in general is fall because we still have a lot of the really fabulous summer vegetables, but then also the fall stuff is starting to come in. The work doesn't go away, but the um, intensity or the feeling of like, we have to do this right now, that sort of um, subsides a little bit in the fall. So it, the fall is easier. I also don't like to be cold. <laughs> I love the summer yeah. because I love heat. <laughs> um, it is much, I'm, I am much happier when it is like 95 and humid and I love being outside and working in the heat. Gotcha. <laughs> that, that, I understand that completely. Um, so you purchased the farm, you said 12, 12 yep, years ago? My wife and I did, yeah. Your wife? It was in, okay. Actually, it was more than 12 years ago because we bought the farm and I was I still worked here in Columbia okay. um, for quite a few years before I started farming full-time. And what did you do before in Columbia? Um, in Columbia, I worked at Superior Garden Center uh, for six years. And before that, in Ashland, I worked on a farm for a year. And before that, I was working on other farms, not in Missouri. Okay, gotcha. So then why did you decide to, you and your wife decide to purchase the farm? Like what, you said kind of you, you got into this when you learned about what mm -hmm. CSAs were, but what led to this, like, we're going to buy a farm and we're going to do this? Well, when I, when I joined the CSA and I realized that this was a career opportunity, like people could do this and make a living. I was like, oh my gosh, get me out of grad school. <laughs> I do not want to be a professor. <laughs> um, so that started the trajectory of like, of me trying to learn what it would take to be able to start a farm myself. Um, and it took me many years to get there. Yeah, I mean, I worked for, for six years at Superior to be able to have a job that paid enough money so that I could start to save a little bit, but also just like, so I could prove to a bank that I could get a loan to be able to buy land. Um, I I'm from Columbia. Maybe oh, that cool. would help. Yeah. Okay, so gotcha. I was born and raised here. Awesome. Um, and I wanted to come back here so I could be closer to my family. Okay. So that's why, why I came back to Columbia initially. Um, and then that was when I met Katie and. And Katie is your wife. Yeah. Katie's my wife. Awesome. And. We have two kids. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yep. What are their names? Sylvia and Elowen. Nice. Sylvia's 10 and Elowen is three. Okay, cool. Do they, uh -huh. I mean, I'm sure Elowen doesn't, but does Sylvia help out on the farm at all? As little as possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she used to, but at her, you know, nine and 10 year old age, she is, uh, thinks that many things are much more important. Okay. She has chores, of course. Yeah. Um, and responsibilities. Yeah. Um, is but. this something that you see your children taking over one day? Only if they want to. I will be buried there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not leaving anytime soon. Nope. Okay. Mm -mm. Um, so you were named the Organic Farmer of the Year by 
the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service uh-huh. last year. It was, yeah. Was it last year? I think so. 2021? 2021, uh-huh. I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me, when you found out, what was your first reaction? Like, what did you do? How did you feel? Oh, I was, um, I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, I've been involved with that organization and um, loosely, I guess, involved with that organization for like pretty much as long as I've been farming. And the people that I know that have received that award are like the grandfather stalwarts in the organic farming world. Uh, and yeah, I've, I, I've never, ever, ever thought of myself like with those folks. I okay. Mean, those folks are like the people that we look up to. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. So what did you do? Did you like tell, did Katie tell you? Did you tell Katie? Like how? I told Katie. You told I, okay. I, they called me. Yeah, they called me and told me that I had gotcha. been, that I won it. And so. did the family celebrate once you guys all? Yeah, Katie yeah. was very excited. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> men, all my friends that, so this is the thing that's great, but also challenging. Um, there aren't that many organic farms in Missouri. <laughs> and there are lots in Wisconsin and Minnesota and out east. Um, so my community of people that I turn to when I have questions or if I need advice or they're not folks that are here. You know, they are in other states. Got it. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I got lots of emails and calls and texts from, like, my friends that are in other states. Okay, so if you weren't in Missouri, do you still think that you would be a farmer? I sure do. Yeah? I do. Is there a place that you would you would like, if you could farm somewhere else, where would you farm? Actually, no. no? I would be in the Midwest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of reasons. Like, so I was just in California, and they they are facing huge problems with access to water. They have lots of labor issues. When you go north or you go east, it gets really cold. And remember, I don't like being cold. Um, <laughs> and if you go too far south, it's really hard to grow a, lo- a big range of different vegetables because it's too hot. So I know, I mean, really, we have like a great climate here for growing. Like, uh, and And I get tired. I mean, by the time we get our first frost. Uh-huh. I am so glad that the the squash and zucchini get frosted and they're dead because I am tired of harvesting squash and zucchini every single day of the week. But by the time it's ready to start again next spring, you know, I'm really tired of eating lettuce. And so I want to be done with greens and I want some summer stuff. So it's really, it's great growing food here in the Midwest. So there's a quote on your website, and it says, if you eat, you're involved in agriculture. And that was Wendell Berry. Yeah. Tell me kind of what is this, the significance of this quote, and why is it important for people to understand that they are a part of agriculture too? Yeah. Um, I mean, we all have to eat, right? All of us. And food isn't just as simple as it's showing up at the restaurant that you're eating at or showing up on the um, on the you know the counter at the grocery store somebody had to grow that food and historically the people that do that work are uh, very poorly paid very poorly treated 
um, significantly taken advantage of. Um, so I think of food production as a social issue. Um, yeah. So I think I, I look at it from the perspective of we all have to eat. So this social issue is a social issue that affects all of us that we all should be thinking about. So, um, you know, businesses go through growth and they go mm. through challenges. You obviously have, you know, experienced a lot of growth in the last decade. Lots of challenges. I'm sure. So <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about that. Are there any challenges that stick out as being really, you know, maybe very difficult, but also helping you guys find your way or like, you know, learning from those? Yeah, I, I mean, bringing a kid into the mix, that was, you know, that was the first, like, really big, um, huge difference. Okay. Ba you know, d took my time and my thoughts and away from, you know, trying to run this business and trying to manage employees, and um, that was one, you know, big thing. The farm that we bought um, was a blank slate. There was nothing there. Okay. So every structure, every, you know, I've built. Everything I've built and I've had to think about where to put things. I've had to dig water lines. I've had to put in electric. Um, I've had to, you know, be the general contractor for the construction of buildings. Um, the summer that we added onto our house, that was really stressful. <laughs> I'm sure that's <laughs> um, never fun. Yeah. Yeah. COVID um, was really insane. Yeah, tell um, me a little bit about that. How did that kind of impact your... Yeah, that was the first, like, really big growth Okay. of sales of... Um, I mean, people freaked out. People were like, oh, my God, where am I going to get my food? And all of a sudden, you know, the CSA membership exploded. Interesting. Which okay. is really interesting. Yeah. And it was awesome. And... I'm really glad that I was already growing more okay. than what I needed for my CSA members because, you know, the tomato that you eat right now started from a seed five months ago. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's not like I can just, you know, all of a sudden make the vegetables appear because 30 more people want to sign up for the CSA. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... That year, we had a lot of growth. I also had a lot of people applying for a job. Okay. Because their jobs were, like, closing. Yeah. But mine didn't. Uh-huh. You know, we work outside. Right. Like, COVID did not affect us really yeah. much at all. We weren't wearing masks. We were working outside. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's no worry about germ transfer when you're, you know, standing 20 feet <laughs> from somebody who's weeding the same bed that you're weeding. Right. Um. You know, so um, we we shifted a lot of things. I, I shifted from the way that we packed vegetables in certain thing, certain crates and containers to different crates and containers. And we started using more plastic bags that were like more, you know, take the thing and go. And we shifted a lot. Um, but bringing on a lot more employees meant we started growing a lot more produce. Um, so it, the start of COVID, like, the farm really expanded a lot. Yeah. And then, like, just trying to keep up with that uh, was huge. What time do you wake up in the morning and what time do you go to bed at night? Is it – are you – It's a little early? depending on the year. Okay. Uh, not the year. It's a little depending on the season. But right now, 
4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And then, I don't know, I'm usually like a pumpkin by 9.30. <laughs> and is that how you've always been? Or is that kind of a force? You've kind of been forced into becoming more of a morning person because of the job? I have always been a morning person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I could stay up longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't anymore. I actually, this year, it was super noticeable because a bunch of my crew are younger and they like to stay up and hang out on Friday nights and they want me to stay up with them. And I mean, if I am not in, so the farmer's market on Saturday mornings, I get up at three o'clock in order to be ready to leave the house. And then we have to go and pack up the trailer so we can drive an hour into town and we have to be at market two hours before the start of market so that we can get all set up right so like pretty much saturday mornings three o'clock i'm up yes and i get back to the farm if i'm lucky by 2 30 or three o'clock and we have to unload everything so my day is a very long you know hard day on saturdays yeah so yeah if i'm not in bed at 8 30 9 o'clock like i can't do saturday <laughs> anymore yeah and i used to I used to like have you know one or two hours of sleep on Friday night, and I'd be fine. But I can't do it anymore. No, honestly, <laughs> I don't think I could do that. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I saw I, when I was kind of doing some research, I saw that you you majored in German. Oh, as an undergrad. As an undergrad. Yes. So tell me, kind of, why did you do that, and do you speak it? Not anymore. Okay. Actually, I speak Spanish now really? because my crew are Hispanics and I am learning Spanish. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. How, how yeah. are you doing that? Through like Duolingo or are you doing something else or just through? My guys. That's my crew. awesome. Okay. Yeah, they are teaching me Spanish. Tell us something you've learned. Vamos a la cosechar de lechuga. Okay, tell us what that means. Let's go harvest lettuce. Gotcha. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> In terms of food and making food. Do you have a recipe, like a favorite recipe that you've made that you like to make all the time? I don't cook. You don't? Okay. <laughs> so is Katie the chef in the household then? Yes. Okay. Any yeah. any favorites that she makes? It's very seasonal. Okay. I mean, literally it's very seasonal. We, we're eating a lot of salads right now. Okay. We were just talking about um, making the soup recipe that I, she said, print it off for me. So I printed it and I gave it to her and I bet we'll have it sometime this week. Good. Okay. Um, and it's not that I can't cook. I just, I don't really enjoy cooking. Okay. And she loves to cook. I do all the dishes and the cleanup <laughs> and I make sure that the vegetables are in the house. <laughs> um, but I don't do a lot of cooking. Gotcha. And she, Katie, does she work on the farm as well or no? No. Okay. So you are in charge of growing the food. She's in charge of cooking it. Basically, yeah. You guys each... Gotcha. Yeah. You have to divide and conquer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what are your favorite kind of combinations of of flavors and produce? Are there things that you really like that pair well together? Um, I love all things fall. Okay. I like chicories. So there's this wide um, array of produce that are in the chicory family that are kind of considered bitter greens. And I love them. Um. From arugula to mustard greens to endive frise to escarole, radicchio, um, puntarelle, this new um, Italian vegetable that I've never grown before, but I'm growing it this year. That sounds cool. Um, I love those kinds of things. I love all that. And I do know that there's a lot of people that don't like that, you know, sort of bitter kind of, but I love it. Okay. 
So would you say a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable? It is a fruit. It is a fruit. Tell me why. Because the seeds are on the inside. Okay. Now what about a strawberry? Uh, yeah. That one's a challenging okay. one. I mean, um, biologically, it's a vegetable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but everybody thinks of it as a fruit. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you call it? We, I, we call it fruit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much. We yeah, you're it. welcome. You're welcome. Thanks again to Liz and Maggie for sharing their conversation with us and to everyone else who worked to make this episode of Vox Voice possible. Sherelle Williams was the supervising producer, Erony Kamukama was the pre-interviewer, Maggie Travada was the interviewer, and Trenton Wheeler was the promoter. Heather Isherwood is Vox's editorial director, and Hallie Jackson is Vox's multimedia editor. And finally, thanks to you for listening. I'm your host, Hallie Jackson. See you next time.